On today's very special episode of Talkin' Tom, Daniel and I are catching the Polar Express with our train conductor, Tom Hanks. The Polar Express was released in 2004 and was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who directed Tom Hanks in Castaway and Forrest Gump. So, grab yourself a cup of hot chocolate, listen to the sweet sounds of Tom Hanks' singing voice, and get ready for some chatter about Christmas traditions, because it's five to midnight and the train is leaving the station. All aboard! My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. Welcome back. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's only been a couple of days since we released that last episode, Bachelor Party, but we wanted to get together and watch a Christmas movie together, and we watched Polar Express. Which neither of us have ever seen. No, and it was really nice. It was so nice. What a nice change from Bachelor Party. Oh, can we just watch this movie every two weeks? Yeah. I'm just talking about to have a the year long podcast about Polar Express. Just examining the children's movie that ended up touching me a lot more than I expected. <laughs> so you've you've never you've never seen this before, but, you, but you, are you familiar with the book at all? Was that part of your Christmas um, traditions growing up? No, I don't. And I now I think I might have seen it. There, I have little memories of like certain scenes stood out. Like, oh, I think I maybe saw this like in a fever dream or something. Yeah. But, you said that you read the book. I used to, we used to read the book uh, as a kid. My grandma would read it. And um, I remember a lot of the visual imagery of the book and some of the lines of things, but I never saw the movie because it came out 2004, so I was 14 and probably was like a chump teenager that was like, I'm not going to see this kid's movie. Yeah, it was for babies. Yeah. Secretly, I'm like, I really want to see it. Hey, what's it come out on uh, DVD? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we should paint the picture a little bit for the for the people listening. Yes. We're recording this episode kind of different than normal. We normally record our episodes over the weekend. We have like a, a, a long Saturday together or something, but it's actually Wednesday night. <laughs> On a work night. It's a work night. It's a school night. It's 1130. Which is way past my bedtime. <laughs> but, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, and I think... It almost like made it even more special. It's cozier because it's yeah. dark. Made some hot chocolate, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize would be important to the movie, but ultimately was. Yeah. You had the tree lit. Yeah. That was like the nice light that was in the background. And we watched with Rachel. Yeah, we watched with my girlfriend, Rachel. Which was really nice. We haven't had a guest watch the movie no, with us before. Everyone avoids us. <laughs> yeah, they're like... It's nice to have. <laughs> I'm behind. I'm behind on Christmas movies this year, so this is my start, and I really got to push to catch up. Yeah. I'll watch a lot of it once I get home and with the family, but got to get the few in before you leave. Yeah. It this it actually kind of feels like the season is starting for me. Yeah. It's hard in California because it's hot right now. We had all of the, the fires and the general heat of this state it never really feels like christmas like it looks like it there's a lot of really neat stuff to go look at and 
Um, the spirit is alive, so it's nice to kind of pretend you're in Snow World on the Polar Express. Yeah, <laughs> I really did feel like I was on the Polar Express because the sound system that you have set up is like, <laughs> I could feel the train pulling up and like sliding around. It, I mean, it's incredible. I don't know how, you know, that was that first movie that was ever made as the train like crashing Yeah, and people ran out of the theater. That's basically what I did. I like that. <laughs> It reminds me, in Chicago, when I was going to school, um, every year they would have a subway car become the Christmas uh, subway car, oh. and it was open, and there was just like a guy that would write it, and it was decked out, and um, there was a schedule so you could kind of follow along with it, but every so often you'd be in a station, and this scary car full of lights, and a man on the subway dressed as Santa would be there, and it was so cool. Yeah, that... That does sound cool. At first I was like, is that creepy or no? But no, no it's it was nice. It's jarring the first time, but then you look forward to it. When you're hearing this, it'll be Christmas. Yeah. So what, where will you be for Christmas? Well, I'll be with my family. And we don't, I can't think of any like crazy traditions or like out of the norm. I know um, I always bake cookies because that's kind of my it's important. thing. <laughs> it's just baking. And we'll probably watch last year we watched um christmas national lampoon christmas vacation oh yeah national lampoon? that's my dad's favorite that's a requirement every year it is hilarious that is a great movie and uh yeah we watch like christmas story and stuff like that just little movies yeah and where is home oh i live um or my parents i grew up in a suburb outside of seattle okay yeah so pacific northwest it might snow it hasn't yeah. snowed the last couple years well where are you gonna be I'll be in Oklahoma. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it'll be very cold and maybe... It's the same kind of thing where it sometimes snows, but it's pretty random. But it'll be cold, at the very least. So I'll do some cold activities. Do you have any memories of, like... Like, something that I was thinking about a lot right at the beginning when our little little boy is going to bed and he's, like, anxiously like, is Santa coming? I don't know. Yeah. Do you have memories of that? Like, that experience? Oh, yeah, I would somehow I would keep myself up so late and I, I would find any reason to believe like the ticking of the clock was footsteps pretty much any noise in the house I would associate as something exciting which would then wake me up and it would take me longer to go to sleep um, I kind of feel like as a child Christmas is the start of where you build your anxiety that will haunt you for the rest of your life <laughs> Because it's like this thing of, there's an audience nice list, so mm-hmm. you're worrying the year through. I feel like you really start to focus, like, come Thanksgiving. Yeah. And you're like, I've really got to take it up a notch. Um, but then that naughty nice thing, plus on Christmas Eve, the idea of, I have to go to sleep, because if I don't, Santa passes over, and yeah. I lose out. And that makes me, that made me tougher to sleep. Right. Like, the thought of missing it. And you're like, I gotta go to bed now, but yeah. you just couldn't. I always really wanted to, like, stay up and see it. And I remember my sister and I, we shared a bedroom my all growing up, like, until I moved to college. And we would, I would, my bed was always close to the window. And so we'd always, like, look out the window and, like, wait and see if we could see anything. And we'd take turns, like, closing our eyes and shifts. <laughs> so, like, okay, you can out. close your eyes for five seconds, and then I'll close my eyes for five seconds, and then it never works, and we both end up falling asleep, and then wake up with yeah, yeah. stockings full on our beds. And- we had, um, our house was one story and kind of small, 
And uh, so I was across from my parents and my brother was next door. So any movement was known. So uh, if anyone was awake, it would be very obvious. But I always remember on Christmas morning, my brother was always the first person awake at like 4.30 or 5 a.m. He would peek into the living room and if the presents had been left, he would book it to my room because it had to be me and him to both go to my parents. Because oh. if it was just one of us, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work. Both of us up, they would get out of bed and make yeah. coffee. and Super early. Like yeah. you said 4.30. Oh yeah. They would get up and then we'd, <laughs> we would open stuff and then they would go back to sleep. Yeah. Which is a good play. That's just what we that used way. We used to do, because my sister and I are a lot older than my brother, so when he was growing up and he was, um, like, starting to, like, understand Christmas, we'd have to, like, make a rule, like, you cannot go into anyone's bedroom before seven, <laughs> because yeah. we need to sleep, and now, now we... Now I'll sleep till, like, ten o'clock. Yeah, it's, like, two thirty, um, and you're yeah. like, ah, oh, shoot, <laughs> Christmas. It's still exciting once you're awake, but, uh... I think we just like sleep. Or we'll see, we, we're all older, so we'll stay out later with the family. Yeah. And... We've kind of adopted a new tradition. Um, I don't know how many more years I'll be going, you know, back back to my parents' house for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know how, if you get old, too old for that. I don't know. I think, but... I think you've, like, it's required to have a family that gets you out of it. Your own yeah. thing. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, we started this new thing where we cook, like, a nice breakfast together. Mm-hmm. One year I made a really, like a giant cinnamon roll, like literally, it's it just, it's literally just a giant cinnamon roll. <laughs> and then last year my sister made a full Irish breakfast for us, which was really sweet. That sounds good. I really have, have started to, I'm a morning person anyway, but I've really started to enjoy the morning time of Christmas. Yeah, we usually would, my mom would make a breakfast, um... With a lot of like southern staples like biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. And then for a late lunch, we would go to my uncle's uh, and do like a big family Christmas um, lunch, which was always cool. So you'd get all, you'd open all your gifts, you'd have all your cool stuff, you'd go to the family, you'd show it off. Yeah. And like if there was like a cousin who got something better, you just, you hated them the whole yeah, day. Yeah, but... you decide your enemies for the rest of the yeah. year. <laughs> Santa playing favorites. Honestly. It's a nice time of year. I, I think it can be complicated for a lot of people, but yeah. most of the memories that I have surrounding this time of year are really positive. Well, it's cool because it, it sort of transcends any type of, uh, regardless of your upbringing, if it was religious or not. Like mm-hmm. For a lot of people, and I know it doesn't, not everyone celebrates Christmas, but Christmas in the general holiday spirit for so many people is such an important thing and revolves all around friends and family. And so I feel like whatever method you celebrate, it's like positive and, yeah. and nice. Just like a reminder that some things are just more important and they always will be. Yeah. I think it's... And a nice reminder to go home and be at home and then be like, I'm glad I'm not... (laughs) Glad I'm a grown-up. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't live here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I had a really nice time watching this movie. I did too. I was really impressed. Yeah. So, I guess there's a, a lot about this movie that is important and worth discussing um were there any well we should do our disclaimer disclaimer Uh, if you haven't seen polar express yeah now is literally the perfect time to watch it if you're listening when we release this episode yeah christmas eve the train leaves at five to midnight so you've got a little bit of time yeah (laughs) uh if you want to catch the polar express 
um, really, I really recommend this one. I think it's worth. Yeah, it's, it's it almost it's kind of like um, it's sort of this adventure movie, but it has like this. It has a very slow pace that just kind of lets things happen. It felt like a lot of um, like Studio Ghibli movies, mm. um, kind of this just slow, like let life play out, people doing things slowly, enjoying the moment, and then big action scenes. Yeah. It kind of felt Indiana Jones-esque. So let's sum up the plot. What well, If you're going to describe Polar Express. Seems to be when you're an older kid, you have the opportunity on Christmas Eve to get on a train that takes you to the North Pole. You don't know what you're going to experience there, but you get to go to the North Pole. And the conductor is Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks is a lot of other characters, yeah. which is a real Christmas treat. There are scenes of Tom Hanks talking to Tom Hanks. Which is uh, so iconic. That's a weird thing to think about, but I like it. It also has maybe the longest sustained Tom Hanks yell Yet. The all aboard. That no, no no, when they're going down the incline and he starts to scream, that's like ten solid seconds of maybe the last like that'll be a tough one to, to top for him. Oh, that was Yeah, the Yeah, the, the the basic point of the movie is like that age where you start to wonder if you still believe or not, and it just kind of explores that and like why do we believe what we believe? It just is really nice. Yeah, it's kind of about the idea that people are getting to an age where they think they have to see things for them to be real, and the movie sort of points that that's not the case, that if you believe in things, that good things happen. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about our characters. The movie never really names anybody, yeah, except for Billy. <laughs> Billy the lonely boy. Lonely boy. <laughs> that's what he's credited as. Um, there's Hero Boy, Hero Girl. Billy the Lonely Boy and Know It All. Those are our four kids. Oh, Know It All. That Know It All, he Here's sucks. Me. Yeah. I but he's supposed to every time. I yeah. Remember, like movies are made for a reason, and like characters are. We like all that had. On we purpose. all knew that kid. Yes, I was that kid. I think. It may be. I might actually have been. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my dad the other day about I was like kind of reliving some old childhood memories. And I realized that every single one, I played this, like, victim. And I was like, wait a second. There's no way that, like, I was wronged that many times, like, as a young kid. I was like, Dad, was I, like, an asshole? He was like, yeah. well, you were a lot like that girl Angelica in the Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> so you were living a lot of childhood trauma, then, as you put things into perspective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got to give the know-it-all boy some credit. There's also... Um, obviously our, the namesake of our show, Tom Hanks, plays a lot of people in this movie. Okay, he plays Conductor. Uh-huh. The hobo on top of the train. Yeah. Who's maybe like the ghost of Christmas, I don't really know. <laughs> right. There's a metaphor there. He plays, he's a narrator. He's the big man himself, Mr. Santa Claus. C. Mr. C. <laughs> and I feel like there was one more. Well, he's the dad. Oh, yeah. Sure, I bet there's hidden ones that we just there's haven't. There's gotta be. Like, is he, the, is he some elves? Is he... Yeah. to dive in and really find out. Well, and he's, like, when you say narrator, he's, like, the grown-up version of yeah. the hero boy. Yeah, that's really sweet. His voice is so calming. I've never looked, now that I think about it, but does he read... Does he do audiobooks? Yes, okay. he does. And apparently the audiobook of 
uh, uncommon type is like aces is so good. I feel like I just fall asleep at Bezos. So oh, me too. I've, I mean, there is absolutely no question that if the Polar Express pulled up and Tom Hanks was the conductor, yeah. I would get on that trade and ride it until the end of time. Straight on till morning. <laughs> I wonder if he's done, uh, if he hasn't, this is, someone should pay me for this idea, he should do the audiobook of the Polar Express. He probably, probably I did do the movie, promoted the movie. Yeah. Oh, the time. so sweet. He just, he's great. You can hear, obviously, the performance in his in his vocal acting. And there's another element to this movie. What were you calling it? The movie something? Uh, the mocap. Mocap. Yeah, this was like early... I mean, movies like Lord of the Rings had done it, but this was like the f- part of a string that Robert Zemeckis did of these full mocap CGI movies that all have a really weird look that I now think is kind of charming. Yeah. Um, I never saw this movie originally because I didn't like other mocap movies that I had seen, the full ones. Um, but now it has like this style that is uniquely its own and it kind of, it does have that uncanny valley effect. Yeah, but, almost too lifelike. That's no, cool. I I like it in this, at least in this. Like It's fin- it's fantastical enough for this setting that it completely yeah. works for me. And it adds a, a layer of authenticity because yeah. you know that when Tom Hanks was in a studio signaling for the kids to get on the train yeah he was probably really doing that motion because you can see it and when that homeless guy on top of the train was talking his jaw is like crooked kind yeah. of like you, you know that was that an affect it come through me for a second and then i just kind of fell into it and i like really it's just i just that scene <laughs> when they're driving out of town and our hero girl says oh it's so lovely and cozy and nice or something i literally i said it out loud i was like oh she's me because that's how i felt the entire movie <laughs> yeah i think like the the quintessential idea that is like the movie is like a comfort food almost it's just like pleasant to have on i feel like you could drop in anytime and not have really you'd miss um set pieces but like the core story is get to point a to point b and learn something along the way and yeah you can kind of drop in and out and it's just it feels like a nice movie to have on the background for christmas i will say i have never felt more anxious than when that train was sliding around on the ice every single thing that could have gone wrong on that train ride did truly he lost that ticket this poor kid has nothing but good intentions and he keeps losing things. He tears his pocket open on the bedpost, or does he? And he just still keeps using that pocket like it's a thing he can use. Ugh. And things keep falling out of it and flying around and there oh that ticket flying around goes through the woods and the wolves catch it and a bird eats it and then vomits it up and then it still lands back on the train. They really wanted to show you that, like, look at this technology. Right. Everywhere. <laughs> and he keeps getting disciplined by Conductor Tom. I know, you kind of... Which is weird. I felt like it made me feel worse. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't want to make... I don't yeah, want to make dude, Tom stop. sad at me. Just sit yeah. where you're supposed to sit. Get don't make him mad. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a plan. Trust He's him. He's got a job and a fancy compass. He doesn't want to be late. Watch. Respect it. I think... And even though I know, obviously, for this kind of movie, like, everything is going to be okay... Like, truly, my heart was racing. For a second, I was like, ah, I don't want to go on another roller coaster. <laughs> Maybe it's because of that kind of uncanny valley thing where it looks it looks almost real, and then it doesn't at the same time, but the movements of it register as kind of real, and then it mm-hmm. kind of adds a layer of, like, this 
seems off and it seems scarier than usual. Yeah. I remember at one point he puts that that cute little bell in his pocket and I looked at Rachel and I was like, his pocket doesn't close. <laughs> like I was like, I can't do this again. <laughs> it's emotionally devastating. Some of the stuff that this poor kid goes through. Learns a lot in one night. He does. So that's a big experience. I think well and he he does he does hold on to it. Yeah. As they say in the epilogue kind of or that little final scene. So that main that main point, Billy, the lonely boy, who I never I don't know why he's credited as lonely boy because he seemed more like less fortunate boy, like Billy yeah. the low income I boy. I can't tell what they were doing with him at first. They give a clear visual a representation of yeah. what you're supposed to expect from him. Yeah. But I don't quite know why that would make him lonely. My assumption is that everything Conductor does is to make Hero Boy learn something, so mm-hmm. I think it's all kind of part of the plan. Yeah. We don't see it in the epilogue, but in my worldview, and when I see the epilogue, is Billy and Hero Boy are friends in real life after that. They get They've to meet gotta up. be. I hope so. They said they live in the same town. So something... This I don't know if this is a reach. I don't think it is. We only see our hero boy's dad like kind of vaguely blurry in a shadow in the doorway but it's clearly obviously the same character as the conductor yeah and the same character as all the other ones so if this is all a dream that our little guy is is imagining or dreaming he's basing off all these like figures that he trusts and he learns from after his own dad which is really sweet yeah i can't I can't tell if that means that he loves and respects and trusts his dad, and that's why he sees him represented on these faces, or if dad's not doing the right job, but he wants oh. that. That's the no. dark side. I feel like this is, one, this is an optimistic movie. I think I think it is optimistic. I think it shows the the many different like of your own father. Like if everyone has like you like you don't. He's mysterious, but he lectures you. But he's always got a plan. And he, I don't know. That's like the conductor has this weird feeling of like, I gotta trust him because he's always right and he's always looking out for us, but they're still scared of him sometimes. Yeah. Which is like the complicated relationship. Yeah, like that authority figure, but who sometimes is buddy buddy. Yeah. Kind of hard to read. Toss the football around. Feels like a, like a good teacher at school mm-hmm. that you're scared of, but you're like, my favorite class. <laughs> yeah, I learned so much, but I don't want to disappoint him. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> Here's a thought. Did the train exist only for our hero boy? No, I think it seems to be a collection of kids who were on the cusp of maybe losing some of the magic of Christmas mm-hmm. as a chance to see what Christmas is truly about and learn. It seems to be like an almost like a magic school bus type of thing where it's like yeah. an, it's an educational experience for them. Like they're going to learn something about themselves. Because they're all sort of, the four people, the four main kids we hang out with all get kind of tested in different ways and learn, like when they get their tickets back at the punch, yes. they're told explicitly what they've learned, but <laughs> they have earned that themselves. Which is cool. And I like how know-it-alls is not so much something he's grown to, but something he needs to, like, deal with. What was his again? I think his was um, learn, yeah. Learn. Because he needs to, like, shut up and learn. (laughs) Learn. He's a know-it-all, but he doesn't know it all. He doesn't know anything. There were a few moments with our hero girl. There was a lot of question from Hero Boy about whether or not Hero Girl, like, knew what she was talking about. 
I can, I think there was two very explicit, like specific instances where he was like, are you sure? And she's like, yes, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and she's right. Like, which one's the break? And she's like, it's that one. I'm pretty sure. And he's like, are you sure? And then she's like questioning herself because yeah. someone has called her it's out. It's called gaslighting yeah. hero girl. And we're all familiar <laughs> with it. What also helps because we see that he has a sister and we overhear her, his dad talking about how he's like kind of tried to ruin things for his sister and like spread these lies about Santa not being real. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's like tested by another woman in, in, on the train. Yeah. So maybe the message wasn't just like the toxic patriarchy like at it again in my view. It might, might actually be a little bit. Now that you said that like she's doubting herself. It's true. It's. But only because he made her. Like, he was mm-hmm. being a bad friend. But he the second time, him. she was like, no, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, like, but She was learning me. to be a leader. You can't always question yourself. Sometimes you know you're right, and you have to take a stand, and you are correct. Mm-hmm. You gotta, yeah. like, trust your gut. Yeah. You know that scene when um, the little Billy Lonely Boy and Hero Girl are singing that sweet little song yes. on the caboose? And our other guy's just standing there watching. Like, oh, I didn't even like notice you guys were singing this cute song. I think uh, Hero Girl could have stood to maybe listen to the words that little lonely boy was singing because she kind of just kept singing about how wonderful Christmas is. <laughs> like all the presents. And he's like, yeah, I never really get that Christmas. And he's like, singing like, you keep talking about this thing I don't get. So... She's a little insensitive there, but I found it kind of funny. He does, I mean, when we get to where he sees the first present he's going to get, which also, why hasn't he been getting presents before then? I guess some circumstances led him to kind of forget the magic of Christmas. Yeah. So he hasn't been getting visited. Um, but he holds on to that, obsessively holds on to that Christmas present. And it's sort of sad. It is. Heart, that part made me cry. I don't know if you saw me. I literally... the. There's just so, so much like wrapped up in that. And I think I'm, I don't know if it's projecting or I just feel so much empathy for, I see Billy as like a less fortunate kid. They, they physically say he lives on the wrong side of the tracks or of the other side of the tracks yeah. or something. Like he, he has a different upbringing than a lot of the kids on that train. And well, no one knew they were going to pick him up and they're like, I thought you would last stop. Yeah. Everyone's like confused by this kid. Yeah. And no one besides the hero boy and hero girl go to, like, make any effort to visit him. Yeah. So hero maybe, girl taking the real initiative by hiding hot chocolate. Yeah. She's defying everything to get the there. The hero girl. Yeah. She, we'll talk about that hot chocolate scene in a second, because that was true magic. And maybe the reason that he's credited as lonely boy rather than, like, low income boy or whatever, I don't know, it's not, like, so insensitive. Um is because there's a lot of reasons that people can be unhappy at Christmas. Yeah. So it's just kind of all of those things. And you pick... Yeah, he's sort of the personification of like someone who's kind of lost their way of what Christmas really means. Mm-hmm. And even though we see him, he earns it back, he makes friends, which is like the truest thing. Because I think the conductor says that like friendship is the most... Friendship yeah. is a gift, basically. Yeah. And then he gets to his house and he has the gift... But the first thing he doesn't do is open it. He takes it out to show his friends. Yeah. Like, to him, that's... They've all succeeded. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a smart play. To show that. That is... just, like, makes me... I'm, like, beaming right now. It's just sweet. What are those parents wake up to the next morning? There's, like, a Christmas tree and stuff. It'd be really spooky. Yeah, and they're probably going to start hearing that bell ringing. Because yeah. they're, like... 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, the hot chocolate scene. Mm. We got a little bit of a warning about it because Rachel had said that it was like one of her favorite scenes. I wasn't prepared. No, that was like a jarring shift. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. There was music. Tom Hanks was singing, kind of. Who knew? Yeah, I had no idea. I've never heard him. I've never seen that side of him. It's just so sweet. The main main point of that scene is like the kids need refreshments because they're on the Polar Express. So this big musical number, all these people on the train that we don't ever see again, they pull tables out of nowhere and they're throwing this hot chocolate and the point of hot chocolate is it never gets cold and you can never let it get cold and they're drinking it and they're getting like chocolate all over their lips and it just getting so sweet. sleepy yeah, yeah it's so cute <laughs> um yeah i really like that scene i'm like considering downloading that song on itunes yeah it's a great scene it's it's a very gifable scene mm-hmm. like little segments of that i've seen things from that for years and never had any association to what that was in the movie. It was kind of like Be Our Guest in uh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. I had thought for a long time that Polar Express was a musical because I only knew stuff from that scene. And then homeless character Tom on the roof is yeah. strumming a little mandolin or something. I don't know what that is. Giving kids his sock water. <laughs> that character. So there is some confusion about that character. Is he good or bad? Yeah, he seems to be some. I think he's some kind of angel because mm-hmm. it seems in this context of the story that he saved the conductor at some point. Yeah, and the conductor wasn't sure because he didn't see who it was, which would be weird because it's himself. Um, <laughs> wow. But he's sort of this like conscience character of offering these things, but never directly saying you have to do them, and then helping the character when he needs to, and then disappearing when he doesn't have to be there. Yeah, he's the ominous. But then he always kind of is there to save the day. And we can kind of take with that whatever yeah. symbolism you pull from that. I don't know. He kind of freaked me out at first. He was sleeping under the train. Did you see that? Yeah, when the ticket hits him. Yeah. I was like, oh, what? Tom? No, I was pretty sure that was Get out from under there. That's incredibly unsafe. <laughs> oh, you know what um, I just remembered? There is this... When they were on the slide... In the North Pole, and they were sliding to catch the Billy's present. There were all these like tubes and things they're sliding around on. It reminded me of this place I used to go when I was a little kid called Tube Time, that it was literally just like a room full of tubes you could climb around in, and it was really awesome. And that made me think of that. Sounds similar. We had a place called, I think it was called like Discovery Zone. Ooh. There was a lot of tubes and ball pits and zip lines. Yeah. Kind of living out that fantasy. Yeah. I thought it was cool when they got to the North Pole. I love in every Christmas movie how there's an interpretation of the North Pole and it's always really different. But that doesn't hurt anything because I feel like everyone has their own interpretation. And I think that if you were at the North Pole, it would be your interpretation. It is this ominous place that shifts to fit your imagination. Like the room of requirement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What was the mirror in Sorcerer's Stone? Erised. Mirror of Erised. Yeah. See what you want to see. (laughs) Just all Harry Potter references. Yeah. Honestly, the end when Santa is giving each kid their, uh, not their ticket, but he's explaining like what you need to learn and like that felt like the end of a Harry Potter movie (laughs) when he's like, five points to Gryffindor for being a hero. I used to have the Sorcerer's Stone soundtrack from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. And my favorite song was the uh, Christmas at Hogwarts. Oh. Just because it felt so Christmassy. 
Then I want to go to Hogsmeade. Off topic, sorry. No, I, I mean, I like <laughs> had to stop myself from being like, have you been to Harry Potter World yet? I haven't yet. Okay, my God. I know. I'm getting a lot of flack for it. We need Tom Hanks to be in a Harry Potter movie. And, and to have a can... theme park. Tom Hanks should have a theme park. Hanks, Hanks zone? <laughs> nope. Tom Hanks should replace Johnny Depp in Fantastic Beast. Why has no one thought of this? Yeah, there's a lot of problems, J.K. Rowling, that they we can need... be fixed with Tom Hanks. It's they did it to Kevin Spacey. It's not going to be that hard. Uh, oh, speaking of, when I was at Target today, um, getting the Polar Express movie, the guy who was like the cashier was like staring at it like he just kept reading it and i was like have you seen this movie before and he's like are you kidding me of course i've seen this movie and i was like yeah what a weirdo hasn't seen this movie before i just think that it's like a this seems to be considered now a kind of a christmas a staple of christmas oh yeah a lot of people have a lot of memories tied into this movie and we're starting now yeah it's, it's weird to come in with something that's kind of establishes like this is in the array of Christmas films you watch around this holiday that I've never included and my family's never included. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to make them include. Or at least I'll make them watch it before I get home. Maybe when I'm home. I'm definitely going to make my brother watch this with me. Yeah. Um. Oh, but the guy was saying, like, you know what's really going to ruin my Christmas or really going to break my heart is if if we get news about Tom Hanks, like we get about all the other people, <laughs> like we had a nice discussion actually. And I was like, no, listen, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it kind of just reminds me kind of why we started this show. Yeah. Because everybody feels something about Tom Hanks. I mean, literally this man, like what stopping short of like grabbing my hands to be like, this is the best movie ever because it's got Tom Hanks in it and he's my hero. And it took everything in me not to be like, I have a podcast about Tom Hanks. You should listen to it. I didn't do it. Tom Hanks is sort of the perfect middle ground to, to start a conversation about anything because there's a way to relate it. There's like that game, The Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. It should be Tom Hanks. Not so much to associate with actors, but to associate with like general memory. Mm-hmm. You can kind of get there. You felt sad? How did Tom Hanks was involved in that? Oh, I watched Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, you felt really happy? How did Tom Hanks was involved in that? Oh, I watched uh, every movie. Literally every other movie. Splash, (laughs) Polar Express. Well, let's like final sum up the movie. We already kind of spoiled this in the beginning, but... Yeah. I I had read the book as a kid, and the ending, as far as I remember, it's been many years, but the ending's the same as the book, which is the narrator, who's the boy, talks about how the sleigh bell he's received from Santa that he was not able to hear originally can now hear because he believes. Mm -hmm. And he can hear it. But as he's grown older, his sister can't hear it, his parents can't hear it, and his friends start to not hear it because they've lost the magic of Christmas. And so it's a really bittersweet ending. Yeah. It's basically like, I will still believe and will always believe, but a lot of people don't believe, and that's okay. Everyone has their own beliefs. They're still happy. Yeah. It doesn't... Yeah. I definitely am going to add this movie to my Christmas watch list. I think you and I need to make this a tradition, which I'm looking forward to. Really? Yeah. Already revisit. looking forward to Christmas Eve next year. <laughs> um, Closer than we think. I guess that wraps up our analysis or discussion of the movie The Polar Express. So now we're going to move on to Hanks, Hanks Happenings. Happenings. So biggest news for us is that Tom Hanks got nominated for a Glo- Golden Globe 
I'm not. I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm happy it's happening again. It feels weird that the movie isn't even out yet, and he's already nominated. I know that's why they have screeners, but yeah, but we didn't get to see it. Yeah, so we don't know. We should be on the Tom Hanks movie screener list. I don't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> I just want to see the post. I just want to be on the screener list for every Tom Hanks film. <sighs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I think. He gets nominated for a lot and he kind of gets over, not overlooked. That's not fair. That kind of discounts everybody that wins, but. Yeah, this, uh, this year, especially, there's. I mean, the Golden Globe nominations are all over the place, but there's such good competition that I, I always. I never feel bad when someone loses. Like, there's always. Everyone deserves it. Yeah, I don't have any opinions yet because I've only seen the trailer for the post, but I have my expectations, which mm-hmm. is a Tom Hanks project. Um. That I'm excited to see. And that's our next thing. Yeah. That's... It's a... Tis the season. Yeah. That's... A Christmas present is the post. I'm so excited. And um, another thing... I don't know how true this is. And I don't... Maybe I should like start fact checking. But I did read an article that said... Tom Hanks... Instead of... Um, like most actors with their best actor statues or their Oscars... They like tuck them away in some bathroom or like some mm-hmm. shelf and they don't show them off... But apparently, and I cannot verify this, I don't think Mr. Hanks has ever uh, verified any of this, but one article I read says that he, like, decorates his two statues every year for Christmas, (laughs) which... I can see that. Yeah, he's kind of got that, like, Bill Murray, like, no one will ever believe you anyway. Like, that kind of, like, every just, like, charming, sweet, like, Mr. Rogers-esque thing that could be done. We're like, yeah, I'm sure Tom Hanks did that. We could put that on our list to ask him eventually. <sighs> I'd like to know that. I I almost, like, have, like, dread at the thought of meeting him. I just feel like I'll disappoint him, you know? <laughs> An immediate. <laughs> like, I'll just open with apologizing. First of all, for not liking the movie Bachelor Party. <laughs> yeah, I'd be... I'd be curious to know what thinks about that, too. Uh, I, st- I stand by it. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's um, great in it. He's great in it. Yeah, and let's... Did, have we talked enough about his performance in Polar Express? I think I so. He gets to play six people. Yeah. He does a great job. All of them are different, but all of them are clearly him. I think it is. It's great. Um, oh, and then another... Our other segment that we do is our reader or, like, talk Tom to us. Yeah. I have one. Jackie... The uh, woman who did our logo, she told me she went to the premiere of the Polar Express and right before the movie started, Tom Hanks got up in the theater and said, all aboard, which is like my jaw is dropped to the floor. It's like just so cute and just so like uh, you could like read that in a magazine and be like, oh, yeah, he totally did that. But like he did that. My friend was there and she saw him do it. Dang. It's just sweet. That's wonderful. um it makes me happy yeah me too well daniel i hope you have a wonderful christmas you as well merry christmas i hope everybody out there listening all 10 of you (laughs) a little more than that hopefully um i hope you guys have a wonderful christmas or whatever holiday that you celebrate this time of year with your friends and family um thanks sorry hanks for coming along with us uh (laughs) just like <laughs> I, I i'm really proud of what we've done so far this is a really special project to me and i'm happy that we're doing it i'm happy too it's great and i hope that uh people feel the same yeah 
All right. Well, as always, if you guys want to continue the discussion with us, keep talking Tom to us. You can find us at talkintom.com uh, or on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those social platforms under the handle Pod Hanks Tomcast. <laughs> and uh, make sure if you want to be a really special Christmas treat for Daniel and I. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. It gets our podcast seen and maybe someday even seen by the big man himself. Mr. C. Mr. C. Mr. H, I guess, but Mr. C. <laughs> um, and I guess as always, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. And see you next year. <laughs>